Marit Stiles used to be education critic for the NDP. She's running for leadership of the NDP. She was tossed from Queen's Park along with a lot of other NDP MPPs for suggesting Doug Ford was lying. What's that all about? Well, we asked her that and her observations of the continuing government tension with the QP Union of Workers. That's on Toronto Today from Thursday. Did you feel like you were in the British Parliament yesterday briefly? <laughs> A little bit, yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we're using every tool that we, we have, basically, and those tools are pretty limited right now. And so, but th- th- this, this legislation that we're fighting, it's it's unprecedented, right? So we're looking for ways to stand up for education workers and all workers, and uh, this is one way to do it. Yep, we got ejected. Now, is that a plan when when you're going into the legislature for that to happen? That feels I, like I don't want to say it's negative to call it a stunt, mm-hmm. but some are saying that that's the case. Is that the plan well, going gotta, in? You got to be a bit careful about these things because if everybody gets thrown out, then the government just decides right then and there, okay, everybody vote on the legislation and we lose. <laughs> so you got to be a bit strategic about these things. If you, if you are fed up like we were, um, and you know that this is a moment when you, you really, you're going to say something in this case, our leader said, you know, I think, I think Doug Ford's lying about this. And the speaker of the house said, that's not, that's unparliamentary. You're not supposed to say, call somebody a liar in the legislature. And so he was, you know, he wasn't prepared to back down on that. But when you do that sort of thing, you got to make sure that there's still some people who are willing to stay in their seats because otherwise uh, the legislation just passes. So there is a strategic part of this. But I will say, you know, we we had uh, we've all gotten pretty fed up pretty fast with this government. What happens today? Do you are you able to come back in without apologizing? Yeah, we can come back in. And uh, uh, we were just not able to be in the chamber yesterday. And so. We'll be back in there today. In fact, I'll be going in for 9 a.m. and I'll probably be there till midnight because the government's going to use as much time as they and they're going to try to squeeze in as much as they can to get this legislation passed before midnight. So it's a, it's a timeout. I'm sure you've utilized that. It, yesterday, <laughs> you'd call that a timeout for you. I and didn't, others. but that's a good example. Thank you. Like a timeout <laughs> in school. That's yes, you, you use the word baloney this week. I'm using the word timeout <laughs> uh, this morning, as a matter of fact. You must sense, though, parents are frustrated by both sides. Parents want both sides at that negotiating table today. Order some bagels, order some coffee, get talking. And it doesn't look like they will. That makes parents blame both sides. Yeah, absolutely. I understand. I'm a parent, too. Um, You know, I think nobody wants a strike. And I can tell you, I've talked to a lot of these education workers uh, over the last week and actually, you know, for months now as they were getting ready for, bar- for bargaining and they were trying to get the government to the table to talk. And nobody wants to strike, right? They don't want this, especially these workers. They are the very people who, you know, who go to school every day and take care of kids with special needs or the custodian who looks out for the kids like the one you were talking about mm. or uh, the, the early childhood worker who, who goes in and holds little kindergartners' hands when they go to the washroom. These are people who love their jobs. They do not want to be out. It's heartbreaking for them. And they, frankly, they know if they do at this point, they're going to get fined. So this is no small matter. Um, but I think that the problem we have is these workers um, are feeling so deeply disrespected. Many of them, as you pointed out, like a lot of them make less than $40,000. The average is about $39,000. Um, who can survive in Toronto or anywhere else these days on less than $40,000 a year? They're juggling more than one job. They're exhausted. And we have reports about a third, I think, of them now have reported they're using food banks to feed their families. Cost of living has gone through the roof, and these workers have seen their wages frozen 
for years and years. So they're fed up. And I, I can tell you, though, they do not want to have to walk out. I think we're seeing this all over the province, though. Nurses aren't allowed to strike. Doctors wouldn't be allowed. Emergency room staff wouldn't be allowed to strike. Teachers are. Do, do we fall down somewhere in allowing one group of, of, of workers who are unionized to be able to walk off the job and we don't let others? Well, look, I, I mean, I think at the end of the day that if what I'm concerned about here, right, is the big picture, which is uh, Ford is using uh, a sledgehammer, you know, at a family dinner. That's how I put it. And he, and and we look at the the healthcare sector. So the example you gave is a good one, right? What's going on in healthcare right now? It's a crisis. Emergency rooms. You got to wait 10, 20 hours to see somebody. They're closing in some parts of this province. Things have gotten to a place that it's it's not normal. Okay. And the reason is because healthcare workers are leaving the healthcare sector. Nurses are leaving. Why? Because they've been disrespected. They've had their wages frozen for too long and they have no way to fight that. Right. So they're out. They're leaving. That's what we're starting to see in education. So it's not even going to be a matter of is is there a disruption, which, by the way, is is going to be entirely a result of Doug Ford's threats. But not only are we going to just start seeing these disruptions like now, but there won't be anybody to take care of that kid with special needs in the classroom down the road if we don't do something about it now. Mart Stiles is our guest on Toronto Today on 640 Toronto. The passion I'm, I'm hearing that you're probably hearing as well in your conversations this last week, I'm not sure when I look back to June 2nd, where the passion was. We had 56.5% of people stay home. You were reelected as an MPP, um, but but the, the you know not much changed in terms of the overall perspective of the majority government for the Ford. So if people are this angry now, isn't it fair to ask where they were on June 2nd? Well, I think people are have become really pretty fed up. And you and I have talked about this before, right? I think a lot of people, and I think the pandemic is part of that, they're feeling pretty down. Uh, things are tough. Uh, it's very expensive right now. So it's not just education workers. A lot of people are going to food banks. A lot of people are worried about what's going on with them. And they don't, I really believe they've given up a bit. I do. And I think yeah. maybe something like this is what it takes when you realize, wow, you know what, we have to stand up, not just for these workers, but for all of us. Um, these guys, you know, Ford and the government, they, they take out really expensive ads to promote their programs and they're, you know, and they, they say they're friends of workers, but people are having a really hard time right now and they're not really coming up with solutions. Um, and if they were serious about ending this situation we're in with the education workers, they get back to the table, roll up their sleeves and they'd rip up this legislation because it is going to push all those workers and other workers out onto the street. That's what's going to happen. I, I, I do wonder going back, not to relitigate the election, but I do wonder going back if there are people that think I have these principles, I have the these ideals, but I was worried that schools would be closed longer. I didn't want to necessarily vaccinate my six-year-old. There were people, I know that this is true, that decided either I'm staying home or where the liberals and where the NDP are going with some ideas about school. And, and I, I will say this, individual freedoms and liberties kind of concern people a little bit. I don't think I can't read the result any other way from the conversations I have. Hmm. Well, you know, I what I heard a lot of people were really upset about the last few years and in mm-hmm. our schools. And and if you think about it, what happened? Right? We started out with work actions and strikes because the government was proposing to cut 10,000 education workers, cut 10,000 teachers, and and they were going to throw every kid on into these mandatory online classes and parents were standing on the picket lines with those workers. Then we hit the pandemic. 
And schools in this province were closed longer than any other province or territory and pretty much around the world. 27 weeks. Terrible record. Terrible record. Could have been better. There's things they could have done to to make it more possible for kids to be in those classrooms during the pandemic and safe. And they chose not to. So no wonder people are fed up. No wonder people have concerns. No wonder people feel like they've been taken for granted. It's not a normal situation, sure, uh, but we should we deserve better and we should expect better of our government. But I did hear Andrea Horvath say in January, I'm not sure we should we shouldn't keep schools closed longer. I'm not sure it's safe to go back in January. She wasn't sure we should go back in September of 2020. Can I make the case an NDP majority government would have kept schools closed longer than 27 weeks? How would they not yeah, have? I, I don't well, I, look, I think what we were pushing for. Uh, were were faster measures. We were pushing for rapid testing. We were pushing for smaller classrooms. I mean, these were the things and the ventilation that this government put off and put off and put off, and they never, ever attempted to reduce class sizes in any significant way. There were lots of things they could have done uh, that other jurisdictions did to address this, to keep the schools open safely. And that was what I said to the Minister of Education from day one. It's, you know what, uh, Stephen Lecce? Uh, yes, we all want schools to stay open. I mean, that's, we knew that was what had to be a priority. But the, the key was it had to be done safely. And this government was not willing to invest uh, to make that happen. And today, we've found out just last week that they're sitting on $6 billion of education spending that they didn't spend. Why not? Why didn't they do everything possible to keep our kids in class? And that's a very, very fair question. I got about a minute here. You want to lead your party, which means you want to be premier someday. I, I know people that think you'd be a great premier, but what would they would what they would want you to say is, I'll give you my vote and I'll advocate that everybody vote for you if you can stop these labor disruptions. How do you do it? The NDP is seen as being very pro-union. I understand that. I grew up in an NDP household. How do you stop these things from happening every two or three years? Could you do that if you were premier? Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I've sat on both sides of bargaining tables uh, with workers. I've sat on the employer side. I've sat on the, the worker side. I've been through lots of bargaining. The, the, what has to happen is you have to sit down in good faith and listen to each other and roll up your sleeves and work all night, all night, over and over until you come to a deal. That's how negotiations take place. And what this government has done from day one is they started out with threats and bullying. And that is never that is never going to get you a deal. It's only going to end up in disruption. We warned them about that. I can tell you I would do things very differently uh, because I think these conversations should have started months ago and we would not be in this place. And you need people who understand that to be running government. Mart Stiles, thanks for the time. Good luck today. Thanks so much for uh, coming on our show as always. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much. Mart Stiles uh, joining us, NDP MPP for Davenport. Look, again, again, they deserve more money. They deserve more money. Many of these people are grossly underpaid, and we're going to talk to one next. But I don't know that they've got leverage here, given the economic climate, given the political climate. And there's no political benefit for Doug Ford to go on his knees and beg the union to come back to the table. I'm so I'm telling you what it is. Hard truth sometimes, right?